Hello, dear ones, and welcome to Subtle Medicine Radio, brought to you by InnerSpark. This is the resource for all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life-changing, and spirituality, all steeped in earth-based wisdom. We're your hosts, Devin. And I'm Mike. On today's show, episode 17, we're discussing my concepts of the sacred spiral and triangle principles of being and how they relate to masculinity and femininity, and also recognizing and unraveling feminine shame. Let's dive in. Let's go. So what are spiral and triangle ways of being? Sounds like super sexy, or if you're kind of traumatized from like geometry class, <laughs> maybe it sounds scary. So. Spiral and triangle are concepts I created to help us go beyond the use of feminine and masculine. Because those terms are widely used and tend to mean subtly different things to different people, I wanted to create concepts that still captured what I believe feminine and masculine are trying to capture at their core without the loaded connotations that feminine and masculine can often bring into a conversation. So if we can think beyond gender, beyond sexual identification, sexual orientation, and one's anatomy, and anything really having to do with that for a moment, I'd like for you to think about feminine and masculine in a much deeper sense. They are polarities. They are the opposite ends of the spectrum of creation. They contain the necessary substrate for creation, and everything is in a fluid dance along this spectrum of polarities. So action and rest, lunar and solar, sleep and awake, quiet and sound. The danger lies in only recognizing those opposites, those binaries, and failing to see a whole way of existing in the middle that is dynamic, like I said, dancing between these polarities. There is also danger in trying to label everything as either or, and when we begin to paint one way as better or worse than another. So the spiral principle, just to help us understand, could be thought of as the feminine, and the triangle principle could be thought of as the masculine. The spiral principle, which is where I want to focus our conversation today, is all that is transient, shifting, passive, cyclical, uh, just like the moon, these lunar qualities. The triangle principle is all that is fixed, structured, active, linear, these solar qualities. And we've been taught to celebrate structure and outward expression and productivity and action and to view these things as safe and desirable while anything that is transient, passive, and changeable is deemed unsafe and something of which to be weary. So enter feminine shame. What is feminine shame? As we discussed in the last episode, some definitions of shame include a painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt, shortcoming, or impropriety, a painful feeling of humiliation or distress, caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. And as I said last week, these are all subjective. So like a shortcoming or foolish behavior according to whom. And oftentimes it's our inner critic, it's social programming, it's uh, the way we were taught from our family, etc, etc, etc. Shame is a very tricky, insidious, mysterious emotion, yet it is at the root of all human suffering and all dis-ease that we experience on all levels of our being, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. 
Shame is responsible for the there's something wrong with me story and is responsible for creating the things we dislike in our lives, our bodies, our relationships, and our health. So I'd like to point out real quick that you've just made some very profound statements there. I guess uh, my usual way of thinking is that there's something wrong with me, so that problem is what causes the shame, not the other way around. As you just put it, the shame is responsible for creating the things that we dislike in ourselves. So kind of reversing the the relationship and the causality there. And I think that's some uh, pretty serious food for thought. I'm also really interested to hear about something you said where uh, shame is at the root of all suffering because that's uh, it's a pretty bold claim. Yeah, and I stand by it. And as we got into in the last episode, we really looked at kind of taking one's perceived problems or challenges. And if we really dig in and get to the the core, the epicenter of their dysfunction, it is some flavor of the shame story. And shame is caused by resisting some part of ourselves. And in that resistance comes the suffering. We live in a state of inner conflict and turmoil and are constantly ashamed of the part of ourselves that we've been programmed to believe is unworthy or invalid. And feminine or spiral shame exists because of shame we carry around the things about ourselves that are transient and cyclical, like our bodies and our emotions. We resist aging, we resist our bodies changing. As women, we're shamed for having periods. We are ashamed of bodily functions and go to great lengths to hide the fact that we may produce odors or excrete waste or make sounds we cannot control. I mean, we apologize for our stomach growling, for example. We're programmed to mistrust and dislike that which is in flux, and that's dangerous. As women, our very nature is in flux. So even without the external shame, we're carrying these subconscious beliefs about ourselves. Just like hold that for a moment. We're all programmed to mistrust and dislike that which is in flux, that which is changing, that which is transient. And in a woman's body, our very nature is in flux. So we not only have this added external programming about other aspects of our being and other shame that we may carry from life experiences or ancestrally, but we're internalizing and carrying these subconscious beliefs about ourselves. So our cyclical nature, our propensity to feel deeply, makes us weaker and less preferred, even by ourselves. We try harder and harder to force and prove and go against our very nature in an attempt to not reveal that which is so inherent and natural to us, which is the fact that we are predominantly spiral creatures. And we don't feel safe or held because it's shameful to ask for what we need, lest we be labeled weak and then be committing the ultimate social faux pas and stereotype of being a woman. Like, it's, it's exhausting. And this is happening so subtly and it's so deeply ingrained in us and so insidiously programmed in us and also we carry it cellularly and, and in our DNA. And this ties in so well with the mother wound concept from episode 15. These beliefs are passed down the lineage, creating ancestral shame and, and trauma. So how can we begin to unravel feminine shame and start seeing it for what it is and recognizing it and kind of stopping this cycle? And for starters, it's, it's really about recognizing it, right? We can't undo something that we are not 
aware of. So after recognizing it, stop participating in feminine shame. Don't succumb to stereotypes and begin to catch yourself using them and rewire that habit. And sometimes they can feel innocent. Um, you know, she plays ball like a girl or you throw like a girl or telling a man, you know, don't be, don't be a sissy for this or that. So sometimes they can feel mm, innocent or like we're poking fun, but that's really just perpetuating the issue and succumbing to stereotypes, which leads me to stop shaming anyone for their spiral principles. So regardless of gender or sexual orientation, the spiral principle exists in all of us. We all have everything. We are multi-faceted beings and we all have some triangle, some spiral. We go back and forth through these things throughout our day. Right now I am more in my triangle delivering a message and, and being expressive and outward. Earlier this morning I was in my introspective, more spiral energies during meditation. During my run I was more triangular, so we're, we're going back and forth. We must stop shaming people for dancing along the spectrum of their being because emotional expression and fluidity is healthy and necessary. Bodily functions are healthy and necessary. Don't shame a man for doing spiral things. Don't shame a woman for bleeding or call her hormonal, hysterical, or blame things on PMS. We just recently discussed this in my Facebook group, and if you're not in there, I highly invite you to come join us. We were talking about our first moons, and any time that we had been shamed around that sacred part of being a woman, the blood of life. It's the only blood that is not shed in violence. It is the reason that all humans can, <laughs> can continue on, right? Without the menstrual cycle, we would cease to exist. And the, the varying degrees of shame that were in all of these stories really stood out to me and really moved me and touched me because this is, it's a problem. It is a problem and it spans generations. There are women in that group who are in their 20s and women in that group who are in their 50s and it all rang true their first moon was met with shame and anxiety and this is internally and then externally the majority of them did not have support. A few of them had no clue what was happening to them and they started at like 12, 13 years old. They thought that there was something wrong with them, that they were dying. They needed emergency uh, medical attention and you know that's that's just very alarming to me. Can I, yeah, can I jump in right there? Please. That I find it astounding and hard to believe. And I don't mean to be like, you know, in this context, we're talking about shame. So if there was anybody who was growing up as a little girl and at like 12 years old didn't know what a period was and had that experience, that sounds uh, really tragic to me. And I, I just... I can't believe that that's the case, that this thing that is a natural part of your experience and is something that is can pretty much be taken as inevitable in a healthy young woman's life, that that would not be spoken of, you know? That's just so, uh, just goes to show, I guess, how far removed someone who doesn't deal with these things, like how uh, these problems might not be obvious. That if it is something that comes up and people are like, ew, or, you know, don't talk about it, well, then naturally the next generation isn't going to hear about it and understand it in a healthy way. And it's just, yeah, like you said, alarming. That's a very good word. It's alarming and it's incredibly traumatic for the young woman who then internalizes that shame. Right. That they're, oh, there, there is something wrong with me. We aren't talking about this. This is shameful. It's dirty. It's wrong. And I mean, that's going to have some, some deep lasting 
impacts that are going to show up in a variety of ways. And so that's an example of a physical body, which is inherently spiral because it is constantly changing and constantly in flux, regardless of your anatomy. If you anatomically or, or identify as a man or a woman, the body is just inherently more of a spiral concept aspect. It's because of its impermanence and it's a changingness and so we have that and then other bodily functions we are shamed for or feel ashamed by and then when we look at the emotional body for example which is so metaphorically tied into the the menstrual cycle because it's always in flux it's always moving it, it meant to be moving and we're shamed for that as well which i wanted to touch on pms pms like even just the i don't know anyone who's listening but when I hear that, it makes me feel just like all clinical and just yucky. Like it's this thing that is just like, oh, the PMS, she's going to go ride the red wave. Like it's just so disconnected when really the cycle is the most connected and grounding thing that we have. It's actually a really safe thing to lean into because it is so connected to our body and earth and and the cosmos so it's literally we get to be this this meeting point between earth and spirit and so the cycle is a very sacred and grounding thing to tune into and when we're over here resisting it and wanting to label what's wrong with it and pms and she's ragging and she's hormonal and this that and the other it just like wedges that shame and that that disconnect even further so pms is a very sacred teacher by the way whatever the subject is of your discomfort or challenge each each month needs your attention and is begging for your focus all right so whatever is there for you that is really pissing you off or is challenging you i really invite you do not normalize this and sweep it under the rug and like normalize in the sense of oh that's just my pms and like everything actually fine like no this is giving you an opportunity to reevaluate so it's that time right before bleeding where we are deeply introspective it corresponds to like the season of fall so that time of grief and harvesting and reflecting on the fruits of our of our labor and our, just our labor in general and has it bore fruit so whatever is there for you needs your attention so normalizing the suffering and just coming to expect it and then numbing it out with shaming is just gonna keep it going and so things like heavy bleeding and heavy cramping and bloating they don't have to be the norm they're not the norm really pay attention to the source of your emotional and mental strife during your bleeding time and the wisdom and answers are there for you and if you honor the needs that arise and make the changes necessary and overcome the shame that's holding you back from identifying expressing and receiving those needs your cycle will will heal and actually become pleasant and that's that's uh, says a lot coming from me when I was younger my cycle was awful I would be in so much pain I would throw up like I never understood people I was in so much pain I threw up until I was in so much pain I threw up I get it and it was heavy and my breasts would be so sore and ginormous and I'd wake up sometimes because like I'd be laying in a position that would make my pillow or my blanket touch them and it would be so excruciating I would wake up and so our physical existence can heal and improve 
and become joyful and pleasurable when we dive into our beautiful subtle realms and unravel the shame that's living there that makes it so that this suffering is here and we view it as inevitable and as though it's just something we deserve. And I know I'm, I'm really spending a lot of time on the cycle, but I invite you to extrapolate everything I'm saying for any other source of, of shame or any other um, cyclical part or impermanent part of your being. And I know emotions are something that we get shamed for a lot as humans, a lot. We're expected to keep things together. We're expected to not have these displays of displeasure or anything really strong, right? And, and, and on either side of the coin, like even strong displays of joy and ecstasy are like, okay, calm down. And strong displays of grief or sadness are met by the same thing. Okay, calm down. So yes, like I said, I know I'm, I'm really focusing on, on the cycle and use that metaphorically and, and apply everything I'm saying through all, all pieces of you and, and see how these, these teachings can, can relate. And another way to kind of unravel and stop this spiral shame is stop celebrating triangular ways over spiral ones. So like I said, we both have all pieces. We both, wait, we both. We all have both pieces. <laughs> when I get excited, my brain works faster than my mouth. This is why I actually really love writing. And as a quick transparent side note, podcasting still kind of feels uncomfortable because... Like I said, my brain is just working way faster than my mouth. And my hands work faster than my mouth, so I can type faster. Oh, she's so animated. It's all better <laughs> if I can just be on paper. Yeah. And I love delivering this to you in this context as well, in a verbal way. Air, land, and sea. Right. Reading, writing, speaking. All right. So we all have both spiral and triangular principles, and we dance along that spectrum. And we must stop celebrating the triangle and positioning it as better than the spiral. And if you don't think you're doing this, I invite you to take a second look because it's almost damn near impossible not to with how we have been programmed and, and just life on planet Earth in 2018. So this looks like maniacal doing and hyperactivity at the expense of your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. This looks like inadequate rest, inadequate restoration, and lots of outward expression. Lots of feeling like, okay, I need to be on and do this and do that and just constantly doing and, and being everywhere. And our culture celebrates doing 24-7 and then shames rest right? It's lazy. It's trivial. It's not going to get you ahead. If you want to get ahead in life, you got to go, go, go. Because winners <laughs> fucking, you know, go 24-7, damn it. Uh, this has been a huge part of my story to overcome. And Mike balances me out really nicely in this regard. I am a recovering type A who thought that if I needed to get anywhere, or if I, if I wanted to get anywhere, I needed to be doing 24-7. Even if I didn't have a clear understanding of what that doing was, it was going to get me somewhere a lot faster than not doing, which as I have found out over the years and sometimes the hard way, my physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health have all suffered. Uh, that's not true. And like I said, Mike really balances me out with this, this go, go, go. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the like lazier, cuddly, opposite of a type A. I don't know what that is, but you know, type B, I'm comfortable with <laughs> a that. A type Z. Right. So yeah, we do complement each other very well. And I think it's also a good point that you and I are both very complex in the sense that we are individually 
very well aware of our own tendencies towards uh, spirally or triangular principles, even if they're opposite of what you would expect from us, you know? Like, for example, you are much more athletic than I am, and you are a very uh, competitive person, while I am, like, neither of those things. <laughs> and, like, when we meet over breakfast and you tell me about your mornings, you might say, I jogged three miles this morning, and I think to myself, why? Was there something, like, really interesting exactly a mile and a half away that you had to run out there and back? You know, it's like... Uh, Cute. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, that those are both kind of triangular assertive things that you have uh, that I don't necessarily have so much. I like to move. I like to, you know, walk and jog, but I am by no means a, a runner and I am not a very competitive person. So when you think of my spirally tendencies, what comes to mind for you? I'll answer that in a question, or I'll answer that in a minute. Okay. Brain and mouth not connecting today. Right. I'll answer that in a minute, and you bring up a good point. So yes, I, I would also say that I am a little bit competitive and, and athletic. I do enjoy that uh, test and that um, pursuing goals, being right. driven. And I've been shamed for that. I was about to say that be while I was talking about that, I felt like I was saying something inappropriate. Like, I'm I'm shaming you for it. Like, just because mentioning those things has that kind of connotation. But Do you think it only has that connotation because you're speaking to... A woman i think so right actually it's like this subtle you know like that implicit she's driven bias. she's a, she must be a bitch yeah she's a ball buster she's this she's that and i mean really at the end of the day like if we painted and or took something in any context we could make it be like oh they're shaming this person and like we could get all splitting hairs about it and that's really not my intention so please so not my intention if you're still listening and still here with us if you are bless you <laughs> right <laughs> Not my intention. I'm trying to get us to think about things differently and to really stop with the binary polarity thinking of either or, good or bad, preferred, not preferred, and just looking at all of these pieces and how we dance along them and to stop shaming ourselves and to stop shaming each other. And so I have been shamed and called too driven and have been told, like, you're really competitive for a girl. You're really driven for a girl. And it's like, okay, what? I don't even know what that means. Like, I am me, and I have a competitive side, and I also have a super yummy, sensitive, tender side that I don't want you to see that is super spirally. I cry at the drop of a hat because I'm so emotionally connected. And then I also will, like, you know, sit here and arm wrestle you. And we all have that. And I think when we can recognize that and celebrate all pieces of ourselves, this deeply held shame because I'm not living up to this or I'm not womanly enough or I'm not this enough or I don't do this right. We'll all just kind of like shut up and we can celebrate ourselves and focus on our strengths and what we are bringing to the table. And that's what the world needs right now. So I just wanted to name that because as you were saying that, it was bringing up old memories. Like you're really competitive for a chick. Like, yeah, and, and so, that's, oh, sorry. That's just like such a perfect living example of what we're talking about like I'm just talking about you factually as a person mm -hmm. and when we don't judge it it's fine but when we put it in some kind of context like 
oh, she's a woman, am I going to embarrass her by telling the world that she's a competitive and athletic person? You know, is that inappropriate? Should I not say that? Bingo. And so some of that suffering and and challenge comes from resisting our true self and the facts of, of who we are or owning our experiences or the things that have happened to us or our traumas because they're not what we think that they should be or they're not measuring up to some bullshit ideal. And so we might think that that's like, okay, not that big of a deal, right? I've got this little conflict inside of me. But when you're living in that state for decades and you're also piling on other things, you are seriously running through your inner reserves of physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, mm, like nourishment. I always call it the honeypot. Like we all have this inner honeypot that lives inside of us and we can tap into it during times of, you know, exceptional stress like having a new baby and not sleeping for a year or um, working at deadlines. And that's just fine because it's there, it's our reserves, and we're also doing things ideally to replenish it. However, when we are living with this like story and this inner conflict rooted in shame, we're burning through those reserves so much more quickly and really taxing the body. I think I used this analogy and talked about this in the last episode. That was a very good one that just kind of covered shame overall. And so back to these spiral and triangle concepts, you asked me, what do I think of for you? Right. My what, what are spirally. my favorite spirally aspects of you? I really love how emotionally connected that you are. I experience you as being emotionally available and not fearful or uncomfortable or ashamed of your emotions. Like you'll notice something is brewing, you know, I'm, I'm feeling something, I'm uncomfortable, and you'll go into it and let it rise and then fall, like ride that wave. And have you been shamed for for that? Yeah, I, I definitely was in uh, childhood. I was very emotionally alive as a young kid. And I think most kids are, you know, before we're taught to uh, not have those things. So, yeah, as far as that emotional connectedness, uh, that was something that was definitely trained out of me in childhood. And I had to just lock it away. And I'm very happy that I didn't lose it uh, and that I was able to rediscover it on my own terms as an adult. I am too. It makes for very rich conversations and connections with you. So thank you. Thank you. So just to wrap up some of these ways to recognize and unravel feminine shame, we talked about stop celebrating triangular ways over spiral ones. No one is better than the other. Stop shaming anyone for their spiral principles and those actions and start participating in feminine shame, even if it feels like it's among friends or it's in good jokes, you know? So those are kind of more focused on the macro. And on a micro individual level, we can endeavor to reclaim our sacred spiral energies, as Mike was just saying, reconnecting on his terms with that emotional fluidity. And some practices that I give to my clients, and these are more focused on physical body, these particular practices that I give, that I'm about to give you. I, I work with all levels and I, I wanted to focus on the physical body for today. These felt kind of poignant to share with you. Um, breast massage, sacred self-pleasure, especially with a crystal wand and a mirror exercise. So breast massage, our breasts are energetic extensions of our heart our heart chakra. They are a place of literal and metaphorical and energetic nourishment and comfort. And we also store as women a lot of 
past relationships, past experiences, past hurts, past traumas, both from our lifetime and our ancestors in this, this chest area. The chest is all about home and mother and family and um, love and heart and heartbreak. So breast massage is a way to reclaim this area of our body that is certainly the subject of a lot of scrutiny and a lot of shame and a lot of judgment. And we can very easily disconnect from this area and disconnect so much that we can experience dis-ease in this area. You know, cystic breast, breast cancer, um, really uncomfortable tender breast during menstruation and hormonal transitional times, menopause. So breast massage is a way to move the lymph and the physical stagnation as well as the energetic and emotional stagnation that lives in that area. And there's really no right or wrong way to do it. Ideally, you would do it kind of after a warm bath or a warm shower when the tissues are softer and relaxed and get some really special, yummy, delicious oil. Always natural, natural, natural. Like literally go to your kitchen and get the olive oil or the coconut oil. You can put some essential oils in there to nourish the tissues. Stuff like frankincense is lovely for the skin. Um, clary sage, lavender, things like this. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And get into the armpits. That's where we have a really concentrated area of lymph nodes. And so breaking that up and helping the lymph to move, especially if you wear a bra for most of the day. You want that area to move, baby. Let it move. So get into the armpits, get into the breast, and sweep from the out to the in. So from your lats and your armpits in towards your heart to get that stuff back into circulation. And that's a fabulous practice to really reclaim this part of our body, reclaim those energies and and the the essence of kind of spiral being on a, on a physical body and sacred self-pleasure with a crystal wand i mean any any type of self-pleasure is really going to soothe the nervous system and relax us and provide tremendous healing and using a crystal wand nymph nyc's my favorite brand and company that offers these. There are a couple out there. I think there's another one called Vixen. And I mean, there are so many beautiful crystals, rose quartz, obsidian, amethyst. And I, I think I'm actually gonna do a whole separate show on um, self-care and spiral reclamation for the female form. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, go check those out. And if they call to you, get one. Again, there's no right or wrong way. This is you reclaiming and healing the shame around your body and around your spiral way of being. And lastly, the mirror exercise is to stand naked in front of a mirror. Full length is better. And spend plenty of time really looking at yourself in the eyes, looking at your whole body, touching your whole body, and telling yourself that you love yourself. Literally. I love you. I love you. I love you. And reclaiming and, and touching everywhere and empowering yourself and being with your sacred body. So those were the practices that I wanted to share. Did you have any other ways that you see us collectively overcoming viral shame? Anything else that you wanted to add, especially from a male perspective, somebody that identifies as a male? Actually, I've been sitting here thinking about that experience that I just had and you know we don't rehearse this so this is something that I'm experiencing and processing live as we're recording um, just how I think of myself as a very open-minded 
progressive kind of person. And I also just had that experience about um, a perceived shame in talking about your triangular aspects and my spirally aspects that like, however progressive I might think I am, I still have those things that pop up. And I think it's really interesting to investigate those things by applying them and not just saying, oh yeah, I understand it. And then going about your day and not paying attention to the subtle ways they creep up. Because it's really, you know, it's everywhere. It really is everywhere. And if any of the listeners are skeptical about this and they don't see how it applies in their lives, then maybe I can tell you how I'm experiencing it. And if anybody can relate, uh, great. So just think about any time that there is something rigid in your life, like an expectation or an unspoken understanding that you give power to by accepting it without questioning. And ask, why do I accept this? And what would happen if I didn't accept it? If the answer has something to do with other people's expectations or perceptions, then it's probably a shame story. Yes. (laughs) As far as how that has come up for us, like you asked about how we are overcoming these things, uh, if I can get really personal here, yeah. Well, of course. And and my question actually was like collectively as a as a society that I love for us too. And I don't know how you're about to get personal, but sure, get personal. Right. So, and I I'm sure that this applies to uh, some of the listeners out there for sure, and is something that we are experiencing as a society, but. Uh, our, our sex life is an area in which we've both had to overcome Mm. a lot of things that were programmed into us by this sexually unhealthy society that we live in. I mean, there's so many catch-22s where neither one of us feel like we can voice our opinions or express what we truly desire because, you know, the, the standard has already been set. The expectation, that rigid expectation that I mentioned, it's, it's out there that, men act this way and women act that way and if the woman doesn't do her womanly duties then feminine shame on her and if the man doesn't act like a man then he must be a sissy and feminine shame on him i mean whatever genius set up this system where you can use the same weapon against everybody is it's just incredible like in both cases it's feminine shame and i think i answered your question in there somewhere that was awesome but <laughs> And yeah, like, I feel it must begin on the micro level as an individual to overcome and to look at the ways that we are carrying shame and how we are perpetuating shame. Because when we stop it and recognize it, it helps to kind of like, it creates a wildfire, wildfire domino effect. Right. So it has to start from within. And on that note, um, for the month of September, I've created Shameless September on my social media accounts. And there are challenges and one-on-one support in my Facebook group, Transmuting to Nourish, Awaken, and Thrive. And if that name is too long to remember, visit my website and click the big gold Facebook logo at the bottom of the page and voila, come join us. And in closing, I'm really curious how spiral shame shows up in your life and body. So please reach out to me in the Facebook group or through the website or privately and let me know because I'm super passionate about this and would love to know how it's serving you and where you'd like to see the conversation go next. And it's a conversation. It's not just a monologue. So I really invite you to share your experiences with me. We're all in this together. And that's all the time we have for today. If you loved the show and want to learn more, be sure to subscribe to it. Please leave us a review, share the love with a friend, and visit www.innerspark.life to learn more. We'd love to hear your thoughts or 
your questions so deepen the conversation with us on social media at inner spark life on instagram and facebook and catch us next time when we'll discuss physical body symptoms of shame so much love to you until then